Welcome to Laughing Your Mask Off, the podcast where we talk to comedians about navigating the world of comedy since the pandemic. I'm Katherine Cowan. And I'm Carly Palestina. And today we are talking to the devil may care, Lynn Sun. Yay! Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Yeah, let's jump right in. So we just wanted to start off, ask you about where you're from, how did you get your start in comedy? Just tell us about you. All right, let's see. Uh, I'm lit, based in Los Angeles. So when Carly called, it was like, do you want to do uh, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to record? I was like, that's 7 a.m. here. <laughs> I'd be asleep for like three hours. But yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm in Los Angeles, based in Los Angeles. Um, I forgot the question already. Where are you, you where start? How did I start comedy? Yeah. yeah. Where are you from? Oh. What's your story? What is my story? So I always admired stand-up comedy, thought it was one of the hardest things to ever do, even harder than being a doctor in my head, you know, because someone's just standing up there just telling, j- being funny. That's so hard by themselves. And then um, always admired it. Never thought I could do it. Became a mom. So when I became a mom, I'm a single mom. So I became a mom and I was like, what can be harder? <laughs> than being a parent that's really my thought I was like what can be harder I'm already a mom like I'm just gonna try it I'll take a class and see if I like it um I took the class and I ended up liking it and I ended up being really good at it so I finally found my mojo back after becoming a mom and like taking care of a child every day for a year you know mm-hmm. um comedy yeah. is what had me find myself again um and that's how I started that's such an interesting way in. So you, where did you take the class or like, what was, where did you find that just cause we led right in there? Yeah, because I, I, I was online and everyone told me that I should be a sitcom actor hmm. and I don't like doing, I don't like being a comedic actor. I'm not as good at it as I am a dramatic actor, which is interesting. But then I was like, I, I wanna try stand. So I was online looking it up and then it's a standup comedy class that popped up on Google. I was like, oh shit, you could take classes. So I took a class called Pretty Funny Women hmm. uh, with Lisa Sunstead. And she, one of her class assignments was to go to an open mic. And I was scared shitless, but I went anyway. So I went to an open mic at Dow Comedy Studio. I don't know if you ladies know about that. So Dow Comedy Studio with Bobby Oliver. Um, and she's hilarious. And she also t- uh, teaches classes. So I ended up taking two classes at the same time because I was determined to discover if I if I had a talent for it so pretty funny women and Dow comedy studio those were the two classes I started that's awesome and then were you in LA to be an actor or what were you why is that I grew up here path you were on? <laughs> oh okay I've, I've been living here forever I grew I grew up here so um and yeah I, I've always been the actor and everything else but I grew up here I don't, I don't have that. I wish I had that small town girl. And then I moved into a big city Yeah. and look at the lights, you know, no, I'm so, I've been a big city girl my whole life. Yeah. Cause when you said that you, you were starting in LA and then you took a class, I was like, oh, well, then must be, no, must be an actor. But <laughs> no. That's wild. And so here. then, yeah, that's, well, that's awesome though. And then yeah. did you go straight from these classes to being like, to like open mics and being on the scene or, um, how did, how did that class then take you to being like the like level of comedian that you are now? So the class, I 
when I took Lisa Sunset's class, uh, the Pretty Funny Woman class, her first class, she said, if you want to be a comedian professionally, raise your hand. Because some people don't take classes to do it professionally. They take classes to build confidence, to learn how to write the late night, whatever it is. Yeah. So for, I, I raised, without even knowing what it took, I raised my hand because I knew deep down that I wanted to be a comedian, right? Mm-hmm. So I raised my hand and she said, if you want to, so she goes, so my suggestion to you is for the duration of this class, you have to jump in, just go all in. Because if you don't go all in, you won't know if you really like it or if you really want to do it. And I don't have money to throw away. So I listened to everything she said, you know? Yeah. So, so she told me to do that and I just jumped in. So when I jumped in, I went to like three to four to five open mics every week. You know, I created that type. I worked on a type five for like eight weeks, right? You know how some, some people, they, they do this thing where they try to write a lot of material, mm-hmm. you know? So they write a lot of material, but it's not tight. Right. right? They, they're, they're just loosely saying a bunch of things because they want people to think that they have a lot of material. But for me, I want people to think that I have quality material. Yeah. Right. So then um, I just worked on it for eight whole eight weeks and I just did my type five and it was a killer type five. Um, and then I just kept getting booked from that five minutes for showcase shows. You know what I mean? Like for shows that it's not like I'm doing 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. It's just they're like, hey, you want to do five minutes? And I just kept saying yes to like every show. It would be like a crap show. It'd be like a bar show, whatever, you know. And I remember when they said, okay, you're doing seven minutes. And I was like shitting in my pants. You know what I mean? Like seven minutes is so long. Do you remember (laughs) that? When seven minutes is so long? Yeah. I remember when five minutes was so long. Yeah. 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 Oh, that's that's not. I just, I feel like I got lucky in, in a way where, uh, I don't know the words lucky, but I just understood to pay attention to everything my teacher was saying. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like some people take a class and they kind of, they're checking their phone, they're on Instagram, they're not coming in with the right material. They're not taking it seriously. And I just happen to take it seriously because I'm obsessive. Yeah. <laughs> I'm crazy. <laughs> so, yeah. I hope that answered your question. <laughs> absolutely does. Yeah, and absolutely, I don't think that's crazy yeah. at all. I think like so many people will like pay to take a class or do something and be like, yeah, but if I don't agree with what they said, then I don't care. It's, not, it's like, listen, like, listen to what the person's saying. And I think it's also the quality over quantity perspective mm-hmm. is so important because there's this pressure on being like, oh, if you don't have like 1000 jokes by the end yeah. of the first week, you're not a comedian. It's like, no. oh, perhaps not. And we're kind of getting into this now, but uh, so you started off with a class, you started really tightening up a lot of your jokes, mm-hmm. making them high quality. What was the rest of your comedy life like pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic? Pre-pandemic, yeah. I just did a bunch of mics and shows. I did mics and shows, mics and shows. I just, I just didn't stop. You know, I took like a month off once for, not off of comedy, but just not going to as many mics because I had to save money. Because, you know, it's like $5 every open mic and then you're paying parking and food and blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, I just, I, I couldn't, I didn't stop. And the thing is, I love doing it. So it didn't feel like work. You know, it just felt like I was doing what I loved. I was just having fun with it. And, um, you know, a lot of people do comedy for the instant gratification, right? Like you get the instant laughs and the instant whatever validation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it was like beyond that, because for some reason it clicked to me about how to write a joke, you know, how to make things funny 
how to uh, you do all that stuff, all that, all the mechanics and the techniques. And I just got really excited about it. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm excited. I got to work on this and I got to, you know, and I can, and I continue to take classes. I didn't stop after one class, you know, so that helped a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That make, yeah, that's awesome. And then, so then the world shut down, the pandemic happened. What, um, how did that change your life in comedy? Did you jump right into the Zoom show scene? Were you doing outdoor shows? A lot of our New York comedy people we've talked to um, were doing like <laughs> park shows and stuff or subway shows. Like what was this? I mean, I don't know if the LA scene was different. Um, yeah, yeah, how did how did your life in comedy then change once that happened? You know what, quarantine, this is not a popular thing to say, but quarantine was actually a blessing for me in terms of comedy. <laughs> it was a blessing because I'm single. I'm a single parent. You know, it's not like I get child support. So when I didn't have to pay a sitter, yeah. I didn't have to pay a babysitter, you know, so I took advantage of the fact that uh, I was lucky enough to get unemployment. I didn't have to pay for a sitter. So I jumped on the Zoom shows because then I wouldn't have to go anywhere. I'm just here and working on jokes. And Zoom doesn't work if you do Zoom, what Zoom is good for is writing. Right. It strengthens, it strengthens your writing because people don't have the attention span they have in a comedy club, right? They're not drinking and having a good time. They're just listening to you. And if you're not a good writer, um, it kind of glares at the audience. Yeah. Right. Because you can't hide behind a microphone and a stage and lights and you, you're not hiding behind those things. It's just you and your words. So that's how it helped me a lot with my writing. Um, and it in Zoom actually helped me find more of my voice in comedy, too. You know, you know, they say it takes a while for you to find your voice and your perspective and stuff, your point of view, like the strong point of view. And um, plus, in quarantine, I got a lot of material <laughs> yeah. from being a single mom with a kid in quarantine, <laughs> you know, so it's that's I so I, I started doing Zoom shows and mics like every almost every day. That's almost awesome. every day not every day. yeah yeah that's really it's so great yeah sorry you go no you know you, you finish you, you talk I've been talking a lot you go <laughs> I was just gonna say it's so it's so true that it's so easy to see like the downsides of all the th of the pandemic and everything but I know that there are so many things where like zoom mics they have a more accessible side to them where it's like oh there's no travel there's no cover do you think that going forward zoom mics are here to stay or do you think they're kind of going to go out the door as soon as we can all go out the door as well? <laughs> uh -huh. I think they're you know what I think it's going to be a hybrid I think it is here to stay for the introverts for the people that don't like to like I'm an <laughs> introvert I really am I really like to be inside and have my alone time but for the introverts or the people who like me who can't always pay a sitter you know it might be it might not be as popular as it was in quarantine but I think a few will stay I think but yeah. what the hell do I know? I don't know. <laughs> I trust whatever you say. I think it's, I believe it. That checks out. Uh, yeah. It also is so good for, um, I don't know. Like I, I even, I'm still finding myself, um, going to zoom mics, even now that New York is still open. If it's like, I have additional plans that night, you know, mm. it's kind of easy to be like, like, if you're going to go to a mic in person, you have to get on the subway, get to the mic, yeah. get to wherever you're going next. Whereas like, I can kind of like 
or even with work, like if I'm working later than I would be otherwise, and I wouldn't be able to leave and make it to like a 6 p.m. mic, I can still make it to a 6 p.m. Zoom mic kind of regardless. Yeah. yeah, So there definitely is, I think, benefits to it. I mean, we've had this discussion many times on this podcast, as all of our (laughs) listeners know, I much prefer in-person comedy. Of course. Yeah, Um, of course. Yeah. But it really is. um, (laughs) There is a benefit to it that I will acknowledge. Yes, for oh for the Zoom. Yes, and you can yeah. do like five a day without That's going so anywhere. True. I know. You, know you don't have any travel costs. It's great because mics are people don't because I don't go to mics to like riff. Right, I feel like I'm wasting people's time. So when I go to my Carly, probably does the same thing. Like from what I noticed, like she does her jokes, and you're really practicing your jokes. So then you're not wasting. You know, it's a good. It's fine. Yeah, and if if they yeah. don't laugh, I just blame it on the fact that they're on mute or whatever. <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine early on in the pandemic, and I was I was I was like, yeah, but if I bomb on a Zoom mic, I you really can't lose because if they're not <laughs> laughing, it's probably the computer's fault. Yeah, if they're yeah. laughing. I did that. He's like, that right. doesn't sound right. I'm like, no, that's what it is. I think. <laughs> I think that's what it comes down to. <laughs> What do you think is the weird? So you did a lot of Zoom stuff. You're still kind of in the Zoom world a little bit. Did mm-hmm. you? I'm not sure. We're both more New York set on mm-hmm. that side of the world. And what did? What was LA like with weird location shows? Was there anything that was coming up as a product of the pandemic yeah. or not really? Well, yeah, they, there was like park shows at the park, uh, carpool shows. Right, so the carpool comedy shows, yeah, where we have not spoken about those. Oh, really? So it was in like a diner. Yeah, it's in like a diner at a. It's at the NoHo Diner, produced by Carol Newell, and then you pay like twenty five dollars a car. People stay in the car, um, and they they, you can tune into the radio, like you connect it to like the radio station, and then they just turn it on in their car, and they can hear us in their car, like a drive through, like a drive in movie, like a drive in movie. That's drive so in, fun. yeah. Would they have so you on it, a screen? No, it wasn't that oh. fancy. But I, I know there's other places. The Magic Castle did that, where it was carpool and, you know, it was like a drive-in movie. Um, what else? Some people did mics at beaches. Oh, cool. Someone's backyard. Um, what else? There was some people who even did indoor stuff illegally. I didn't. I never went. I don't know where it is, but I've heard that they do do it. So, I, I just speak easy. Yeah, that's what they were doing. I was like, oh, just don't die. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't die over else. a mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. That's awesome, though. It is fun to hear kind of the difference between how LA comics have taken it versus New York comics, because New York is very like, we're going to go to Central Park. I mean, I was doing comedy in the subway stop. Like, really? Yeah, there was a mic that someone was doing every day. Wow. at a subway stop near mine like a block like the next closest one to mine and I was like great every day let's go pop over wow. and talk with the with the train in the background like which is very New York <laughs> yeah. you know like people don't have right. that in LA really no um, don't. Yeah. yeah so it's kind of interesting to be like well what did the LA people do because um, yeah. I feel like that's you know the other big one of the other big places for comedy so it's you know yeah. interesting to hear um okay so now we are it, on the way out of the pandemic we're mm-hmm. we're la i assume i think can have indoor comedy as well new york can la is what is it a hundred percent we're like full capacity now 
Okay, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what are you, how has your life in comedy changed now that, you know, comedy is getting back to life, getting back to normal? Uh, First of all, I'm exhausted. (laughs) From from being at home and just logging on Zoom, you know, to like having to get ready, get dressed, get out. And all and such, um, but I've been lucky enough this time where my son is almost five. So anytime there's a green room or another small room he can stay at with his tablet, I can bring him. You know, so that's helped a lot with also childcare. Um, but there's so many shows coming in now, like so many live shows, and I'm like, dude, I felt like I feel like we went into lockdown like that, and then it felt a really long time, and we just came out like that. Yeah, Did it feel like that. It just kind of yeah, it's like a flash forward in time. Yeah. Like- yeah, it was fast. I'm like, wait, wait, we can be maskless now. <laughs> like, what's happening? Truly, but yeah. So there's indoor shows. It really now, all like, felt like capacity. Yeah, go ahead. You really felt like what? Sorry, no, no. My Wi-Fi cut out again. What? What did? Well, I guess it's probably on the main recording. I was gonna say, <laughs> please finish your thought. Mine fully cut out for a second. <laughs> now that, uh, yeah, now that LA is just fully open, so we're all we're back at comedy. No, actually, the comedy store and the improv. Uh, the Hollywood Improv, they required vaccination cards to get in. All places in New York do too. Mm. Like Comedy Cellar does. So cool. Speaking of performing in um, the real world, I saw on your Instagram, if you don't mind my asking about it, that you are recording a one hour uh, set. Yeah. That's not the phrase. I yeah, that is the phrase. You know why? Okay. So yes, I am going to, I'm self-producing a one hour taping. I'm not calling it special because it's my own baggage that I think special means um, HBO produced it or, yeah. <laughs> you I know, I got what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. You, you feel like yeah, somebody totally. comes to you for a special and then you're like, I have a special, but in reality, if it's one hour and it's recorded and you're putting it out there, it is your special. Right. I just have the baggage of not saying that. But anyway, so it's uh, my one hour taping. I'm self-producing it and I'm putting it on Amazon Prime. So that's exciting because and, and I'll tell you why, because I'm just not the type to get things handed to me. <laughs> yeah, I just don't have that destiny. That's just not that's just not how my life has been. So for me, uh, I have to create my own breaks, you know. I had to create my own big break. So I thought, fuck it, just do it. Cause you know, when people, and then you get a lot, you'll get a lot of naysayers when yeah. you decide to do it, you'll just get, it just not, and they don't mean to be naysayers. They just, they're just sharing their thoughts. Like, oh, you already have an hour or, you know, things, things of that nature. And even in honestly, ladies, like for a minute, I was like, maybe I shouldn't do it. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, seriously. I was like, maybe I should only do 30 minutes. But then I was like, you know what? No, I'm just yeah. going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And um, and it's nothing extraordinary about it. I feel like it's just me being ordinary and willing to take the risk. <laughs> yeah. I'm just willing to pay and risk. And, make and it happen. honestly, it could be fantastic. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fantastic, mm-hmm. but it could bring so many amazing opportunities too. Because I feel like a lot of what I've heard from comedy um, or from other comedians is like, I mean, as you both know, but maybe our listeners don't know, is that so much of comedy is just paving your way and finding opportunities for yourself and vouching yeah. for yourself and figuring out how you can be sort of like as business savvy with what you have as possible. Yeah. And when I've talked to 
many, many, many people, they've been like, someone saw my thing I put on YouTube or I, you know, had a viral, I don't know, something I self-produced. And then that's where like people started reaching out to me from there. Um, yeah. So I feel like that's so just, I don't know, like, I mean, you're talking about it in such like a, I don't know, like humble way, but that's such an amazing, I don't know, like accomplishment and thought to go to actually do it. And like, a lot of people talk about doing big things and don't do them. So, I mean, I think it's fantastic. Um, but it does sound like so much work. What sort of like work has gone into this? Like, as you mentioned, you really like to work in Titan sets, like an hour is a lot longer than five minutes. So what, what has the process been like for you? Well, the business side, or are you talking about the comic, the, the performance All side? All of it. How, how has it been? Here's the thing. A lot of, in my experience, a lot of people want to be the star, right? They just want to show up and perform. But a lot of people forget that show business is a business. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you have to do the business stuff. Like you have to answer emails and, you know, uh, market yourself and promotions and c- find connections. So, so the business side, I had to get a product, get the camera, the director of photography, the director and editor, the showrunner, makeup and hair, you know, um, someone to run the door. I had to make the flyer, uh, put out the RSVP, find the venue, make a deal with the venue, you know, all of that stuff, which most comics are like, (sighs) they're like, I don't give a shit. I just want, I just want to work on my stuff. And then someone will discover me and then give me a special that, right. That's what most comics want to do. Yeah. Um, so the business side that I had, you have to deal with all that. And then you deal with, um, what if somebody quoting you an amount and then they go back and say, no, you know, I, I can't, I have to raise the price. So you got to deal with that or, and I had to change my director, you know, so you got to deal with all that stuff. And then it teaches you how to make these decisions. And then it, it, it taught me like, okay, when it is, when I do do a special, let's say with uh, a, a network, I'm going to have to make even bigger decisions. Yeah. <laughs> So this is just baby stuff, you know, so I got, I better get used to it. And I have to get, as a business person, you have to get used to hurting people's feelings, right? Like you you have to just be okay, not a monster, but you have to know that you're just going to have to, some people's feelings are going to be hurt and that's fine. You just tell them it's not personal, it's business and move on, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But for the comedy side, that's even harder. (laughs) (laughs) it's even harder but it's more fun because so for the comedy side like my my jokes are very short right I I write very short jokes because I like it to be fleshed out and don't say too many elms and likes and whatever but when it comes to an hour you have to kind of um there's pieces where my jokes are short and then I have storytelling where I can elongate some bits and talk about how I used to be a massage girl and I gave hand jobs for a living and then I was in jail you know, how did I get busted? And I talk about the all three times that I got busted mm-hmm. <laughs> and my 12 days in jail. And then I talk about how I grew up with a poor family and there was a roach in my spaghetti and we still had to eat it there. So it, you have to like, oh my God, how do I stretch out this bit and how do I connect it? And do I do it in chronological order or do I just, do I do it, my story in a chronological order or do I just start with parenting and then just jump around like a normal special? you know what I mean? So yeah. I had to like, I have to like write out every single one of my jokes and then um, I have to cross out the ones I don't want to use. Right. And then 
I have to think about where to put what, what the order is going to be. And then I'm going to have a Zoom run through with just three of my uh, people that I consult with with writing mm-hmm. like this. So let's say like you guys, where I just run through the jokes and then they will give me feedback on the jokes or punch ups or whatever. And then I'm going to have a live run through <laughs> of an hour with like 20 people live. Um, not a full performance, but I'm going to say those words out loud, you know, live. Yeah. And then I'm going to do the tape. So it's a long process. <laughs> if you want to do it. Like it. <laughs> it does. It sounds like a lot. It's yeah, funny, I was telling, uh, I was telling yeah. Carly literally today that I was like, I want to try to put together enough material that I could do an hour by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. um, I literally, literally, we were talking about that. So people earlier, are listening but... to this, like, I'm never doing this myself. Yeah, and I'm hearing you say it, and I'm like, oh my god, do you rehearse it? It's like a marathon. Yeah, and like, then every yeah every show, like, and then you rehearse it ten minutes at a time, whatever. When you get booked on shows, you know. Yeah. So. No, but. and it's such like the way you talk about it. It is such a testament to your work ethic and the work you put into it, and the specificity and the crafting. And it's like we've had people on here. We've had so many great people on here who talk about yeah. like, oh, I've worked hard. I've done this, but we're very lucky to thank you for coming on right now because it's interesting. You're so in the throes of creating this massive thing. And yeah. I was lucky enough to be on a show with you a little while ago. And I had a few friends come to see the show. And even yeah. then they were like, after it, they were like, the one who told yeah. the massage jokes was <laughs> yeah. so funny. And it just speaks to how you really hit, like you hit it in there with the jokes yeah. that are you and they're just so well constructed. And of course, but going back to, you just talk about putting yourself out there and kind of taking charge, creating your own thing. You're like, no one else is going to ask me to produce this. I'm going to produce it. Like I'm going to do it. I'm curious what your opinion is on that very widely spread um, advice that I'm asking it like a charged question. I shouldn't do that. That's not good (laughs) of me, but that the advice the advice that it's like oh but like you should really make sure like you should never show your stuff to anyone ever Uh, until you're sure you're good so like I'm curious what you think about that um you know what I have I have jokes that I have not I've said before when I first started and then I've never said again because that's going in my uh taping that's going in my one hour so I do have that because I don't want people to come to my hour and be like I fucking heard this like 20 times I heard this (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah. I'll say sprinkles of it, but I'll, I, there's some jokes that people have never even heard ever. Um, and the thing is, put your, my thing is put yourself out there, but have self-awareness. You know what I mean? Like be aware to, and know where you are at your skill level. You know, are you really good? Are you getting, um, is this video really a good clip? Because everything you put out there is representation of you. Right. Like if you want to do a show and you're like, here's my clip. And then it's like, you're all your C material. Nobody cares. Do you know? You know? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, so have, put stuff out there. Just make sure it's something that you, that represents you. And then also have things that you don't put out there, you know, have some secret weapons in your back pocket, you know, <laughs> that you can surprise the audience with when they come see you. Right. Yeah. And the thing is too, uh, for me, like everybody has their hits. Like Carly, you have your hits where all everybody, every time people hear that joke, they love it. That's their favorite joke, right? And I'm sure Catherine has it too. And I, my teacher, Lisa, always said, it's like a concert. So people go to see Beyonce and they want to hear single ladies, yeah. right? So don't be afraid to keep doing that same, those same hits 
because if it's a really good thing, people will say they'll keep listening to it until they can mouth it. <laughs> they can mouth your jokes. You know what I mean? It's yeah. the same. Yeah. yeah. So that's my take on it. Just do it. Put put it out there, but also have some stuff that you have to yourself. Keep yours. And when I do it, I just put out like one line, like a joke. You know, like a little clip. Yeah. You mean? Yeah, I do a lot of the same where it's like, if there's anything I share with people, it would never be like the full set, but maybe yeah. like one part of a bit I'll like put on my Instagram, which I feel like does do well with like, I don't know, like getting followers and stuff to have people be like, oh, I like this person's joke. Like I like their style of humor. Yeah. Maybe I'll go to their show or yeah. listen to the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> like right. for, for, you know, publicity. Yeah. I also think about it as like when I follow people who aren't, you know, like my friends, like if I follow a stranger, I'm usually following them because there's something about their content that I yeah. like, you know? So like, I feel like if you do put yourself out there in some form of content, um, mm-hmm. people follow for the content. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't remember how we started this train of thought me neither but that's why <laughs> that's why this is a good conversation because it just keeps going it just yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> to talk to um <laughs> that makes it sound like it's the end of the podcast it's not we still have more time <laughs> um yeah so you um we talk a lot about um sort of your your like how determined you are and how like self, I don't self-sufficient is the wrong, like self-motivated. Um, what is something like, like the way we're speaking to you now, like, it seems like you kind of have everything figured out and are so ahead of the game, but is there anything you really struggle with? (laughs) (laughs) And like, if so, what is that? And how do you overcome it perhaps for advice for our listeners? First of all, I struggle a lot. I struggle a lot. I cry a lot. Uh, I'm obsessive a lot, you know, so I, I, I struggle a lot. And I feel like as a comedian, we struggle. That's just part of being a comedian. Uh, you know, when I started, I was telling these ladies, I started talking to this new boy that I'm super like, gushy over and whatever. And I was like, I'm not going to be funny anymore because I'm just too happy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. I'm like, hmm. because my, my comedy is very, like she said earlier, devil may care. Like I'm snarky. I'm sarcastic. You know, I'm miserable. I'm irrit- irritable. So when I'm happy, I'm just like, Nobody gives a shit when you're happy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. um, what, I str- what do I struggle with the most? I don't write as often as people say comedians should write. So um, it goes, the way I write is through talking to a friend, right? Or through driving and I see something and I think of it. I don't sit and like do a, a what do you call that? Train of thought or what do you call that when you're, would you just, stream of consciousness stream of consciousness I don't do that you know I journal but that's only like to process any emotions I'm having so I don't write as much as people think people say I should but again for me it's uh quality over quantity I can do a stream of consciousness and spend 30 minutes doing it or I could just take a drive and get two jokes you know yeah. so but it, it, it's just what works for you no there's no right or wrong way it's just what works for your style of comedy. So I struggle with that a lot. I also struggle with self-doubt mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Love that. Like bad. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like to a point where it annoys me. I annoy myself with it. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> 
I, I, I really know exactly what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> of like the amount of conversations where people have been like, why don't you just ask this person if you can be on the show and see if they're like booking any spots. And I'm like, but I don't think, I mean, what if I'm too not good for the show or, you know, like, <laughs> I don't know. What if it's a higher level show that I think it is? And oh, yeah. You need to I be see. about it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Self-doubt. I get, yeah. So I, I get that. I get that mm-hmm. a lot. Yeah. What do you do? Do you have any like advice? Like, so as you said that you, you have things you struggle with despite seeming like you really don't, um, you have things you struggle with. Do you have any advice that has helped you overcome these things or alternatively just advice in general that you think is really great? Um, you know what? I, I work on myself personally, really, really hard, just as hard as I work on tightening a joke. Right. So, uh, I, I don't know if I have any advice, but I, I'll, I, I'll just share what I do. And if anybody likes it, you can take it. <laughs> but um, yeah, I work on myself a lot. And I feel like uh, I'm not going to get where I want to be unless I work on myself internally. Mm-hmm. So that's why I do a lot of the crying and the self-processing. And I process every show I do. Um, you know, if I'm getting if I'm getting 50% laughs in a show, to me, I have bombed. I am bombing in this show. <laughs> if you know what I mean and in some people to them if they're getting 50% laughs they're killing so it's just a matter of your mindset and your standards right and again there's no right or wrong um as a comedian I what I learned today is the reason why I feel like people connect with my material is because first of all I'm open I'm not afraid to talk about whatever is happening in my life and I'm not afraid to show feelings because there's a lot of comics who just say jokes, right? They're, they, they're good writers or whatever. So they're just saying, and it sounds like they're reading a teleprompter <laughs> or like doing a monologue. Does it make sense? But for me, it's more about how I feel about everything. And I think that's why people are like, oh yeah, we relate to her. We also feel fucked up about that. Or, you know, we're also ir- irritated with that. So that's my big thing. So when, with comedians, you know, if you're writing, make sure you show us, your point of view like how do you feel about that topic you know don't just read your jokes <laughs> totally to yeah that makes so it's like it's not just <laughs> it's not just narration it's yeah like where are you coming from that's such that's just great because um, yeah on zoom i'm just like are they reading you know like <laughs> sorry <laughs> that was mean i shouldn't say that cut that part out Yikes. Totally can it's okay. No, that was <laughs> anyway, what were you saying? I'm sorry. No, it's okay. I was unfortunately gonna say we are running out of time now. So we're just gonna last question. Is there anything you want to promote? Social media shows, anything? Go for it. Um oh, you can find me on Instagram, DM me, talk to me, chat with me. I I respond to everything. So Lynn Sun TV on Instagram and watch out for my special quote unquote coming on Amazon Prime in December. That's it. Yay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been great. Thank you, ladies. So cute. (laughs) Catherine looks like she's 16. For those of you who don't know what she looks like. (laughs) She's 16. I'm not 16. Carly's 19. (laughs) I know they look young. (laughs) For those of you who don't see this video. (laughs) 
thank you ladies All right, thank you. <laughs> have a great okay. night thank you for listening to laughing your mask off if you enjoyed this podcast please subscribe and leave a good review to keep up with our hosts follow katherine at katherine.cowan and carly at carly paulistina on instagram see you next week <laughs>